Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Miss Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Gifted with Jay. Hey guys. On today's episode, we're delving into the marketing matrix. We're talking about everything from shelf placement, logos, slogan, and even even pricing scams that tempt you to want to pick up that low-cost, unhealthy item and put it in your basket. How can you avoid being a victim of these huge, gargantuan food companies and succumbing to all of their tricks that they put on us to try and get us to buy all of these products. We're going to delve into what to look out for today and how to avoid the scam. So welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk about this today, Jay, because I recently had a client who said to me, I just saw the Sunkiss logo and all of a sudden I wanted a Sunkiss. Yeah. You know, and he's like, it's really nostalgic. I was just going to say that. That's exactly, that's true. It, certain things remind you of your childhood. Yes. Certain people, vacations, you name it. You name it. And so we're going to delve into that today because it is hard. It is. It's so hard to avoid a lot of those things. You're, you're, your regulars that you go to, and even the new stuff that pop up on the shelf. Like mm-hmm. those um chocolate flavored ruffles almost got me. You ever chocolate flavor? Yeah, bro. not chocolate flavor. Chocolate covered. Ooh, Have you seen that? I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> Ruffle. <Okay. laughs> Call me later. No, Jay. No, we're an example for the people. Girl. Oh, my okay. Bad. Yeah, that's okay. So for a friend. Yeah, for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Where you saying that? I'm asking for a friend. Um, but yeah, so things like that come up on the scene and you you think you good. You think you're in a good yeah. headspace mm-hmm. and you no longer fall for that stuff and boom, they hit you with it. But first, wait, wait what? Wait what is our segment where Jay and I talk about something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, wait what? what? I got robbed. <laughs> wait, what? I got jacked. Is it me or somebody stealing your stuff the most violating feeling in the world? Definitely. So I ordered something off of Amazon and it was Amazon Prime balling. And so I got the two, the two day shipping. Okay. Right? I see you. So the thing is though, I ordered it on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So the delivery date to adhere to the two day shipping would be Sunday. Right. And Amazon uses the US Postal Service to deliver stuff. So not like UPS or something or FedEx. Got it. So my initial thought was, and they probably won't deliver it on Sunday because it's a Sunday. You don't get mail on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Amazon balling so tough that. Oh, yeah, Sunday. That's it don't even matter. It don't even matter. They like, we'll pay the postal people wages. We just got to stick to what we say we're going to do. Yeah. That two-day shipping. Okay. So my office in my building is not open on Sundays. So I, they, my package was supposed to arrive on Sunday, which it did. So when I went to look at the tracking online, it said delivered. And they tell you what they did with the package online. Okay. So it said delivered, left by the front door. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So I get home that evening, Sunday evening, and I couldn't find my package. My package was nowhere to be found. I come out my place 
Monday morning, it's a box by my door. We don't need this. Sorry. Sorry, we stole it. No, it's open. My box is open and empty. And it's a note written on the box that says, hey, I found this upstairs on the sixth floor by the roof. It was already open. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what? Okay. Two things. Do you think the person that stole it did that? I didn't even think about that to just now. So I don't know. I can't call it. I don't think so because they didn't care enough. Anybody who's going to steal is not going to be like, oh, but let Just me steal it and abandon the box. Yeah. Right. But somebody so like, I think in case it, you were wondering in case, your stuff. Right. Because that's the worst. Like, my package never came. What's going on? So, yeah, they opened the box, took out my stuff, and then somebody else found it. Was it something for the business that someone could use? or was Because you order a lot of things that most a lot of people can't even use. Yeah, it was something for the business, but it was something people could use. Okay. So, I have never... You know, you know in those moments where you get robbed, yeah. you really, it's nothing for the... What I'm going to do is punch the air. Right. It's nobody for me to yell at. I didn't catch nobody in an act. I was just so mad. I'm like, wait, what? Did somebody straight up steal yeah, my stuff? Got yeah, definitely got jacked. Yep, I got, I got robbed. So I was really worried about... Then I went to, wait, did I lose my money? Will Amazon believe me? How does this whole process work? Mm -hmm. So I go to the post office with my empty box in hand with the... With a handwritten note on an empty box, as if I couldn't have wrote it myself. Like, I like I got Jack. I'm call an the, honest person. Look at this note. Look, I'm like, call the FBI. I don't know. What do we do in this case? Do we call in the military? <laughs> like, it's serious. Right. Do armed forces come down? Who should yeah. I go talk to? <laughs> right. Yeah, They're like, no, ma'am. Um, you can try calling the postal master, postmaster. Good luck. So I called the postmaster. I filed a claim. And um, she was like, oh, this was from Amazon? I was like, yes. And she's like, oh, just call Amazon. Tell them they'll replace it. And that's exactly what happened. I called Amazon. Oh, that's good. I got robbed. And I, I actually got my new package in the mail yesterday. And we're good. But Did you actually use the term robbed? Please say no. You know, sometimes it feels good being a victim. So you got yeah, you yeah, you you to you you put that extra juice on it. It's rare that we play that role. But when you, you feel <laughs> but, a little victimized, but, you might as well go ahead. When you feel a little victimized and you know you get that little circle around you, everybody listening, you you, you, you conjure up that little tear. You know, I'm like, yeah. They, right. They, recreate the story. I was I was right here. Right. When I, <laughs> when I noticed something. Right. So, you know, no, no, I didn't say I got robbed. But, boy, I, I was I was livid. I'm like, wow, it's nothing you can do. You just come back to like your stuff missing. Like somebody breaking into your car. Yeah. Just hot. Like, People really? Yeah. So they got me. Well, I'm glad it worked out. Thank you. So, you know how I feel about Kool-Aid. Oh, I forgot to tell you. So a couple episodes back, we did if we had a free day. Right. Guess what I forgot to say, and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me. We forgot to say Cinnabons. Come on now. Cinnabons. If we had a free day... Cinnabons all day. I would just have one. I would have about... I said all day. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I meant literally. I meant literally. <laughs> Cinnabon. I would go and I would have to eat one there. You know, you have Mandatory. to... Mandatory. Mandatory. Why you can still smell it in the air. I would have to eat the Cinnabon Mandatory. There, and then I'd get a couple to go. Couple to go. Sprinkle them nuts on top for me. Get that icing real hot and runny. Make me a good cup of tea. Mm. Kick your mm -hmm. shoes off. Amen. Sit on the back porch with a nice breeze coming in. Let's on a... <laughs> she preaching today. Okay, but my way what? <laughs> my way what is um? You know I feel about Kool Aid. Yes. And I'm always every time now people talk about Kool Aid now just to bother me, right? So I found out uh -uh. that somebody that I care for deeply. Nope. 
goes over to their parents' house Mm-mm. because they have a Kool-Aid maker. Did you know that exists? Wait, what? Kool-Aid maker. Yeah. Wait, what? Kool-Aid. They literally have a uh, 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 one of those things that you can buy from like I may, probably what is that uh, as seen on TV or something like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Kool-Aid maker because. I asked her, I was like, do you drink Kool-Aid? Because she never gets into my banter with people about it. She was like, not like that. But, you know, I go to my mother's house and, because they got the best Kool-Aid. But they, cause, but they but, because they got the Kool-Aid maker. I said, wait, what? Kool-Aid? Wait, wait. So are you like just calling your mom? No, kind of no, like you say, she's no, a dishwasher? It's a literal Kool-Aid maker she has purchased. To make wow. perfect Kool-Aid, apparently. Wow. She was like, yeah, it squeezes the lemon and it, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, that could like be bomb. That's annoying. Some things you shouldn't make on your own. Because you know how now you can even buy Cinnabon kits to make your own? Mm-hmm. Pizza kits, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like some things you just need to keep and, it old school. Yeah. Some things you need to just have to physically go in somewhere and buy it and let that be done. I don't need to uh, make a contraption at home that's gone. Right. It's ridiculous. My second way, what? So, there's this like hippie lady with long hair at my job. Um, and she always has like vegan food even though she's vegetarian she eats dairy sometimes but she has a lot of vegan food and so i went in the kitchen to ask her about her food and we got on the subject of we got on the subject of meditation mm-hmm. and uh, she was telling me how she meditates and she was telling me about her grandkids and she was like um yeah because they still you know they all they ask me sometimes to meditate and sometimes i'm tired um she was like but i do it for them so they you know so they can sleep i said wait a minute what you mean sleep wait grandkids Run it back. I need to know about all of this. Right. So she's like, yeah, I meditate for my grandkids to help them go to sleep. I said, how does that work? She said, her grandkids, they'll lay in the bed. And what she does is she was like, it's called a fantasy meditation. Okay. And she said, I, I will tell. It's almost like reading a book, but you, you like kind of make the story up in your head. But what makes it meditation is that you put them in a calming place. So you will tell them, I well, you know, I'm walking on the beach and I see this big giraffe, and then the giraffe, and she said, then the kid gets a chance to visualize too, and then you start making it more relaxing and more relaxing, and then me and the giraffe, we laid on the the sand by the waterfall. I was so impressed. I've never heard of this fantasy meditation for kids. She was like, yeah, go to the library. There's all type of books on it. She was like, you can read up on it. Um, there's a lot of like literature about fantasy meditation for kids. Oh, wow. wow. Consider it done. That's wow. happening because Bryson always has trouble falling asleep. Morgan falls right to sleep, but Bryson always is up like 45 minutes later because you know he has all that energy. And I can literally hear him in his room like, ha, like doing karate in the bed. Like, <laughs> Go to sleep. Yeah, right. So that's a way for us to further kind of like bond and, and you know, for maybe it will help him relax. I love it. And introducing kids young to mindfulness. Mm-hmm. That is so dope. Yeah. Like like how I'm in love with children's yoga. Like I think it's brilliant. Like right. introduce them to this. I love that. Oh, and I forgot to tell you on two separate occasions, why did they both ask about Detroit Fit Mob? No way. Bryson asked about it and so did Morgan. What? Yeah. And you know what? I was just talking to Tiff the other day. Hey, Tiff. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> and she was like, and I was like, you know, just a reminder, we doing the first Fit Mob of the season, you know, May, May 13th, May 13th, May 13th, Detroit Fit Mob. Detroit Fit Mob. Um, 
And she was like, yeah, because Tally won't stop asking about it. The I, kids love it, apparently. Wow. Yes. Yes. I don't even know. Even my nephews love it. Love really? It. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Detroit Fit Mob, guys, really quickly, if you don't know, um, we started last year, and it's a seasonal flash mob. So when the weather gets warm in the spring and summer months, we gather up a bunch of people, and we pop up in random neighborhoods and exercise on the street. It's a literal fitness flash mob and it is like the funnest thing it's, it just takes maybe an hour or two out of your day we pop up we exercise and we normally walk to one or two other locations and so we're finalizing the details for our first flash mob of the season coming up in less than a month we'll be advertising it all over social media and of course we'll mention it a couple times here on the podcast but Detroit Fit Mob is back in business. May 13th. It's mobbing season. Definitely. <laughs> wow. Fit uh, Fantasy meditation. I love it. That's that's amazing. You know, I went to a meditation class yesterday at the uh, Detroit Public Library. Um, and it was really cool meditating with strangers and getting that energy and vibe. Mm-hmm. And so um, and we're going back next Wednesday, Troy and I. But uh, meditation is so dope, guys. You, you've, you've heard me talk about it several times on the show. It's one of the most powerful tools you can use in your life, whether you're struggling with grief, depression, anxiety, um, racing mind, can't sleep. You know, it is, it's just really a powerful tool. And if you don't think you can do it, you're absolutely wrong. Anybody can meditate. And me and Jay actually might do a whole episode episode on it and even do a small two to three meditation two to three minute meditation with you guys oh that'd be so cool yeah yeah yeah. in the um course that i'm putting in b-box uh our sci-fi course at the end as a bonus i added a visualization exercise so i play the music and i and i guide you through a visualization so um yeah our mindfulness is about to just be times 10 at professionally fit because it is so powerful and reaching all of your goals so let's dive into the topic for today these crooks my bad i mean companies who are (laughs) selling selling us our quote and i'm quoting air quotes food um have some clever, brilliant, and million-dollar tricks that they use to get us to pick up the, those things and put them in our grocery carts and spend our money. So let's delve into it real quickly. Jay, did you know there's only about 10 companies in the world that control all of the food? No, I did not. Yeah, and these are billion-dollar companies. Oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, billion-dollar companies. And I was even floored when I was looking at at exactly how much they how much they make on a regular basis. And um, so I'm going to go through a few of them right now. Okay, so I was a lot of these companies I kind of knew, but, you know, it's always flooring just to see how much money they're bringing in. So I'm just going to go through just like one or two of them right now. Um, did you know Kellogg's, like their Kellogg's, their 2015 revenue was $13.5 billion. No, I had, I mean, I, it's believable. Think, yeah, I yeah. would think that was in the million, but why would it be when they, I don't know all of who, you know, what they make or right. whatever, but I would think that it would be in like, I would think like 500 million or 600 million. I would have never thought like billion. $13 billion in 2015. And they do, of course, the cereals and stuff like Eggos and Pringles and Cheez-Its. Crazy money. Um, even General Mills, $17.6 billion in 2015. And they're responsible. And we know General Mills, just like Kellogg's, mostly for like cereal. 
and stuff. But General Mills also does like Hamburger Helper. They're responsible for Hagen Dodge, Betty Crocker, seventeen billion dollars in twenty fifteen. All processed stuff. All processed stuff. None of it real food. It's insane. Um, even like oh, uh, what's that company? Mars. You know, I don't even know if you know Mars. Like Mars Bar. Like they're their own national, international food brand. I didn't know. Like Mars is not just a... A type of candy. Uh, exactly. And so they're responsible for M&M, Starburst, and Orbit Gum, but they're also responsible for Uncle Ben's rice. Like, just random. Like, who would have thought Mars owns Uncle Ben's? Right. <laughs> Crazy. And in 2015, they made $33 billion. And I would have never... I would have put General Mills or Kellogg over that. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite, or least favorite, should I say, is Pepsi. $63 billion in 2015... And they're responsible for Quaker oatmeal, Cheetos, Tropicana, water. I think Pepsi makes Dasani. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. Like, these companies are all in bed together. And they, like, share practices and tactics mm-hmm. that they use on the consumer to get us to buy, 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 and spend our money. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it a little bit. It's funny because they make all of this money. But I wish I wish I could see it on a map where the money, how the money is distributed. Like I'm sure, I'm sure they're international. Oh yeah, totally. But I bet you in America is where they get the bulk, if not the most, amount of revenue. Right. Because I can't see myself going to let's say. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Because when you go to like China and places like that, we've now kind of gotten them into our habits. Yeah, like our habits are now becoming their habit. Yeah, they've definitely adopted the Western di- diet on the um, Eastern Hemisphere. And, and and when that happened, of course, they saw an extreme decline in their health. They saw an extreme increase in diabetes and heart disease and high cholesterol. And China's diabetes rate is higher than America. But I believe that's only because their population is much higher too. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, but... It's insane. But over there, you know, I would go into a corner store and I would see Oreos and I would see Cheez-Its. You see all of those brands. They're Mm -hmm. present, you know, even over in like Thailand and Vietnam, they have all those brands there. So, and I remember I went into a dollar store in Detroit one time and I don't know who their distributor was, but they had Tide and all that stuff. Yeah. But it was in Chinese on the bottle. Oh, you went to a store in China. You mean? No, no, no. No, in Detroit. I went to a dollar store in Detroit, okay. and they had, like, the Asian version of washing powder. Like, the big <laughs> brands, like Tide and stuff. Wow. I'm like, I don't know what corners they cutting, but no. So, like, you would buy, like, some Tide, and it's the whole bottle was in Chinese Got except it. for the word Tide. Got it. Got like, it. right on 8 Mile. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But um, it's crazy, these brands. Let's, so, when my client said to me the other day how... Literally, the branding of the product sometimes tempts him to eat those things. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Me and Jay have to talk about this. Right. Because it is so tempting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chocolate Covered Ruffles. Shout- oh, my God. <laughs> Don't say that again. I'm looking at the time trying to get you out of here like... uh <laughs> Uh, don't you got somewhere to be? I'm right. To get to them right. So I can smuggle some ruffles up in here. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, when I think of certain things, even though I don't eat them anymore, I it, it makes me think of my childhood. For instance, like Tootsie Rolls. 
I, I don't eat those, but when I think of a Tootsie Roll, I think of great memories. I think of trick-or-treating. Wow. I think of my friends when I was 12 and 10. Wow. Like, they they make me feel nostalgic, like you said. So Yeah. They play. They use that against us, you know, our memories, and they make us feel all warm and fuzzy, especially people who, who have gotten older in age. Yes. You yes. know, they will even go as far as, Getting it for their grandkids. Yeah. I remember when I was, you know. So yeah, right. marketing and definitely keeping that same brand recognition definitely works. It's in huge. Their favor. Yeah. Like, oh, my grandma always made cornbread with Jiffy, but mm-hmm. she'll just add her own special touch to it. Type mm-hmm. of type of idea. So I grew up being Jiffy. I'm gonna make Jiffy. This is this is in our family. Type mm-hmm. of type of deal. And you know, America is really branded, yeah. right? Because if you need to blow your nose, what do you say? Clean it. Yeah. If you need to, if your son gets a cut, what do you want? A Band-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And that's not even what it is. That's a brand. Right. That's a brand. Um, but let's talk about why that's a problem. Yes. That's a problem because you become committed to these brands. And the brands within themselves are not good for you, are unhealthy for you. Let's just say, for instance, um, Dove. Dove is supposed to be, oh, clean for your skin and so pure. If you want something that's mm-hmm. so good for you, you get Dove. Dove yeah. is full of chemicals. It's full of chemicals. Full of things that you don't need on your skin. Full of perfumes and full of uh, all type of stuff. When I read a Dove ingredient label, it, it, it was exactly as I thought it would be. Full of... A foreign same, language. <laughs> a foreign language. Yeah. The same thing that other soaps have, but they have brand recognition. Dove is good for your skin. Says who? Yep. Says Dove. Who? Says Dove. Dove told me that they were good for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny because I have to kind of get on Troy about this all the time. He'll buy something and he'll say, but look, it says right here that it's all natural or it says right here it's organic or it says that it's recommended by nine out of ten doctors, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you realize the person on the, under the other end of this thing is for profit. Right. It's for these are not nonprofit companies, guys. They are in this thing to make money. And you heard me rattle off. They make billions of dollars a year. So it's nothing for them to dedicate ten million on marketing alone. Nothing at all. One of the things that I want to talk about is wheat bread. A lot of times I hear people say, but it's one hundred percent wheat bread. That just means that the wheat in that bread is one hundred percent wheat. That's all 100% wheat bread means is that the wheat is in it is 100% wheat. Right. That does not mean they didn't add a thousand other ingredients into that bread. Exactly. If you flip that bread over, you will see a million things on that label. But And wheat. So they didn't lie. The and wheat right. is 100%. And it's going to be sugar. It's going to be barley. It's going to be brown rice syrup. It's going to be natural flavors. It's going to be... Yeah, cane syrup. Uh, everything. Right. Citric acid. It's going to be all this stuff. And wheat. And wheat. And yeah. wheat. I was just telling a client that this morning, matter of fact, you know, I was telling her, first of all, it needs to be whole wheat because wheat bread is equivalent to white bread. Okay. It needs to be whole wheat. Whole mean they haven't stripped the outer layer and they haven't stripped away the fiber, you know? Um, but so there, yeah, all these things aren't created equal. But again, that's just brilliant marketing. Brilliant marketing. One of the things we always have to tell clients is that when I do, um, talks and seminars and nutritional culture, I always bring in my food products and um, I did one two weeks ago when I had them compare two different boxes of cereal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, which one is healthier? It was like a Quaker granola cereal or was the Engine 2 brand that I used from Whole Foods. And they were literally split down the middle. Mm-hmm. I said, just by looking at the front of the package, 
which one do you think is healthier? And people are like, ah, I think it's the Quaker because this says whole grains and it says heart healthy. And that other one, like you say, didn't say anything, mm-hmm. right? And they were literally, so then, of course, we flipped it over. We read the ingredients to that, together and we reviewed the nutritional label and they were like, wow. Yeah. Listening to all the stuff that was in the Quaker brand, I said, this is junk. Never put this in your body. But the front of the package is designed to sell you a product. And most of us fall for that, not realizing these companies don't have our best interests at heart. Not at all. What they also do is, uh, we discussed this too, is they follow the trend. They follow the trend and they stay a step ahead of um, nutrition. Yes, yes. So if they if they find out that that you, the society has found out, that something is not good for them. Let's say right now the trend is gluten. Shout out to gluten. Let's say gluten. Everything is gluten free. Now, now everything is gluten free. They'll get a water, a bottle of water and say gluten free. Yep. You're like, oh, let me get this gluten free water. Yeah. Like gluten free, that just that label alone will draw you in. And make you think it's healthier. And and distract you from flipping it over to the back. Yep. Yep. And I remember when Greek yogurt took off. Oh yeah. I remember that. Because it it, it didn't it used to only just be regular yogurt. Yep. And then somebody told somebody that Greek was healthier, and now every single brand, Danning, Yoplait, Activia, they all have a Greek version. And people are like, well, what about Greek yogurt, Lisa? Or what's the big one? Coconut oil now. Coconut oil, yeah. Made with coconut oil. This is coconut oil instead. Cane sugar also has is starting to get a little popular. Raw cane Ra- sugar? Raw cane sugar, yep. yeah. And it's like, and we... And I get it. I get it because you're trying to make advances in your health and you're and you and they're using terms that you recognize. Yes. They use terms that you readily recognize to put on the front. But here's a tip. The things that health true health conscious people eat are not popular. They're only popular through the health and conscious community. Yes. You will not see a commercial. You won't. Nine times out of ten, your family and friends won't know about it. You will have to know another health conscious person that will be like, oh, have you had the red engine cereal or something like that? Exactly. We, there's no commercials for health, healthy stuff usually. Think about it. You ever seen a commercial for Apple? <laughs> Why do you do that to me every time? I have not. <laughs> I've never seen a commercial for Apple. I've never seen a commercial for spinach. <laughs> or beans. I've never seen these commercials. Right. But they have to advertise. They have to sell you on McDonald's. They have yeah. to. They have to sell you on McDonald's. Um, and it's just amazing to me. Let's talk about shelf placement. Because that is huge. Do you guys know that these companies pay literally millions of dollars to have their product placed a certain yeah. way on a shelf? To be either on the third or fourth shelf where it's at eye level, mm-hmm. anything below or above eye level is cheaper mm-hmm. as far as shelf placement. So, you know, you're not going to get the Ezekiel cereal. When I got Ezekiel cereal from Kroger um, last week, it was on the very top shelf. I had to reach up and get it. Okay. You know what I mean? Because they can't compete. They with, can't compete with Kellogg's in them. Yeah. They're spending, spending millions of dollars to have their, you know, product at eye level or if it's like... Uh, cartoons and stuff to be on lower levels so it's eye, at eye level for kids. That's what I was just about to say. They place it on uh, the stuff that the kids will beg for uh, on their level. And also, another thing about the kids, what they do is guilt trip you and make you feel like you should be doing this one thing for your kids. Like, parents who love their kids get these sort of uh, happy meals. Jiffy Mom's Choose Jeff. Yep. That's one of them. Yeah. The ranch. 
for picky eaters and that you want them to eat their vegetables, dip their broccoli in ranch. The ranch is so unhealthy, but it's ridiculous. You're like, oh, that's what I need to do. Yep. So, what advice would you give to help people stay on the straight and narrow? Is it simply because we we preach all the time, eat whole food, eat whole food, yep. eat whole foods, mm-hmm. and then someone actually asks me, go to Whole Foods. I'm not, I'm, no, no, yes and no, no and right. yes. It kind of, it kind of messed up our mantra when Whole Foods when Whole came, Foods right. became a store. Like, right. Ah. Yeah. Whole Foods, we do say that. Do you think we need to go over what that is? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I always go over what it is when I give it as advice because yeah. people really believe, and that's another thing I hate to get off track, but people believe Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. You can go in there and buy what you want. Yeah. Cause people say to me all the time, I got this from Whole Foods. Right. And I'm like, so? Yeah. So you don't read the label? You didn't um, research it? You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't It doesn't matter. The Whole Foods and Trader Joe's sell junk too. But Whole Foods, guys, are foods that are unmanipulated from the earth. It has nothing um, added to it. And it's not pre-cooked. It's not pre-seasoned. It's not preserved. Whole Foods are... Foods that typically don't have a nutritional label, but there are some whole foods with a nutritional label. So, for example, if you buy a bag of beans, if you buy a bag of rice, um, quinoa, all your whole grains, wheat berries, things like this, oats, those, even though they come in a package in a container, the way that you know they're whole foods is because in the ingredients, they'll have only one ingredient. So, if you pick up a thing of oatmeal, unflavored, obviously, it's just plain oatmeal. If you look on the ingredients, it'll only say oats. That's a whole food. If you buy a fresh bag of brown rice, nothing added to it, completely raw. You have to cook it. You have to season it. You look in the ingredients list, it'll just say brown rice. That's a whole food. So whole foods is something that is unprepared, that has to be consumed either raw or it has to be cooked by you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and also... A thing about um, marketing is that it, it's assumed that you you have to go into the grocery store, and it's so time consuming or so frustrating to read labels. You know, people are like, well, how would I know? It's I have to read all the labels. Yes, yes, you do have to read all the labels until you get familiar with your product. And I know that's one of the things that. We're not trained to do, and you know, like what I talked about in the last episode when I said, you know, we're kind of like brought up to think um, kids shouldn't be in diapers. I have to train them to get out, potty train them. Kids shouldn't crawl around. I have to train them to walk. But a lot of them, a lot of us, weren't taught to value our health. Yes. A lot of us. So it's different. We have to unlearn to learn. That's that's the that's that's what makes it the hardest. Yeah. Me. It's not that we have to learn. It's like we have to unlearn what we've already, what our belief system already has been because our subconscious, every time you buy your kids trick cereal, subconsciously you're saying this is okay. When you buy your kids Happy Meal, subconsciously you're saying this is what this is what's good for you because your mommy or your daddy bought it. Subconsciously when you don't go to, like a lot of things that you do, it's, it's playing into your subconscious. So when it's time to get healthy and start to, time to start reading labels, you haven't been brought up that way. So now you have to unlearn all the things that you've been doing. And that's what makes it difficult. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think unlearning is one of, by far, the hardest things we do as adults. 
um, in every area of our lives, like sure. like relearning how to spend money properly. When I, you know, decided to save more, um, that's difficult. Trying to unlearn some unhealthy practices I had in my relationship. That's hard. Definitely. That's hard to do. That's really difficult. And so you're right. Like it, 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 guys, we get that it's hard. But here's the thing about the human brain. Your human brain is literally designed to keep you safe. Right. Our default setting is safety. Mm-hmm. Right. And comfort. Mm-hmm. So anything that requires us to go against that setting is hard. It's, it's literally resistance. Right. You know what I mean? And so you have to push against that resistance and force yourself like, OK, I don't I have no idea what to do with a raw, real beat. Mm-hmm. Like like Troy told me the other day, he's like, Lise, you know, I never knew beats were like a real vegetable. He's like growing up, I've only had beets in a jar or a can. He's like, so when you bought home a beat, I was like, what? These come like this? Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. So I have clients like that who are, like, really embarrassed to tell me I've never really cooked or I don't even know how to pick or shop for raw, fresh vegetables. So having to unlearn and rewire your brain and get uncomfortable because you're going to feel like like an idiot. You're going to feel stupid. Like, this, this seems so simple. Somebody has to tell me. Yeah. How to cook and pick and and, and, and green beans. Right. I've only had green beans out of the can. And so it challenges our self-esteem. It challenges mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves. Like, so you're telling me don't use this deodorant or don't use this Too Faced. And more importantly, if you're a parent and you're telling somebody don't feed this stuff to your kids, you're feeling really insecure about your capabilities. Right. Because I was doing a talk a couple of weeks ago at the VA um, for social work, social work month, and they brought me in to talk about nutrition and I was like, guys, one of the worst things you could do is give your kids milk and dairy every single day. You're building up the mucus, blah, blah, blah. And one guy in the audience was like, my son drinks chocolate milk every morning. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And I, and I was treading lightly because I didn't want to insult him. Right. But I'm like, it has to stop. He's like, well, what do I do? Like he instantly, he, and then he went into this whole spiel. He's like, I promise you I'm a good parent. I was like, I know you are. You're not, you're not doing it intentionally. It's just what you know. Mm -hmm. And so to have to push past that comfort zone and that, and and get outside of yourself and relearn for yourself and your family is hard. Because back to the advertising, milk mustaches, have you, what is that slogan? Have you had your milk today or something? I forget the the Got milk? Got milk. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They do it and they do it well. They do it. And they pay millions of dollars, like you said. Yeah. To have this Print it on your brain. So every time you see milk, you instantly think, oh, healthy. And then that's what breaks down that, that chemical resistance. Mm-hmm. You know how that, that, that guard goes up when you hesitate and how your body instantly goes into protection mode when you hesitate? Yes. That brings that guard down when you see got milk. Oh, that's healthy. So now you don't have that instantaneous hesitation when you see something because it's familiar to you. Yes. And we you, don't hesitate with the familiar. You're right. But you got to push back. Like, for example, let's talk about the names of products and how that alone can trick people into believing that it's healthy. Right. We can start with Nutrigrain. Nutrigrain bars. Mmm. That is so... I told someone that's the equivalent of eating a candy bar, to be completely honest. You're right. It's nothing but sugar. Nothing but sugar. And people are oftentimes shocked that it's not healthy because let's look at the name, Nutra. So you automatically think nutritional. Yes. Nutrition. Yes. And then they cleverly 
packaging. And did you know like green triggers people to think automatically healthy? That's why a lot of products that are supposed to be healthy have green on them. Or they'll have green in their name or something like that. So, yeah, Nutri-Grain and the fact that it's green on a lot of the... Well, it initially started with green. Now they... Now that they have that brand recognition, uh-huh. now they've expanded and you have strawberry and a red pack and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, you got brand recognition and that's the reason why people get it. They don't even look at the labels. They don't even realize. Right. Quaker Oats. But you know what? what's one that got one of my clients? I was asking him to drink more water. Mm-hmm. So he started drinking clear fruit. I, yeah, we were just discussing clear fruit. Yeah. yeah. So mirror. he's like, well, what's wrong with it? I was like, it's nothing but sugar. And he's like, but it says it's clear fruit and it's clear. It looks like water. Fruit is in the name. People are just thinking it's fruit flavored water. Right. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, these brands are so brilliant. I got to give it to them. Like, they are. It's brilliant. They are. That's their job. That's literally somebody in in that. Um, it's being paid millions. Yeah. That's their position. That's their job. Market. Yeah. And just like, um, just like, um. Better oats. I remember you just told me one of your co-workers started eating oatmeal and they were eating the better oats. Yeah. That name alone sounds like, oh, this must be a healthier option. And also the fact that they says, say that it has flaxseeds in it on the front of the box. Yes. On the front of the box. On the front of the package. So like you said earlier, that these companies know what's trending in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, gluten-free and Greek yogurt. They also know that in general, there's this huge movement and push towards health. Right. And so they're going to say whole grains. They're going to say, say flax seeds. They're going to say chia seeds. They're going to say heart healthy. They're going to say reduced sugar. All the, They're going to say Low organic. Fat. Organic. Oh, definitely. how about, I know I told you about um, a client of mine who bought some organic Pop-Tarts. I think you did tell me about that. Like, what? I'm like, wait, 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 what? No, that's not healthy. Slapping the word organic in front of a clearly processed and manufactured man-made substance, so I'm not even going to gratify it by calling it food, does not make it a better option. So explain to them why it's called organic then. Because some, some people don't know what organic really means. Yes. Organic just simply means that no pesticides or fungicides or any chemicals have been added right. to it. Or they've added so little that based on the government's regulation, they technically don't have to report it. And they de- de- technically can still call it organic. And an organic also means that they didn't do anything man-made as far as like they didn't go into a lab and make the ingredient up. So it could be full of sugar. Right. But it's still unhealthy. It could be full of salt, still unhealthy. So it just means that they didn't, you know how you see one of those words that you can't pronounce. Chances are you won't see that on organic food, but it has just as much sodium, just as much salt, just as much fat, just as much of any unhealthy thing, except they don't have inorganic products in that, that they made up in a laboratory. Right, and keep in mind that everything, every product or every item in that product doesn't have to be organic either. Right, right, right. You know, so, yeah, two of the items might be organic, but the whole thing may not be organic. And so, guys, you have to do your own research and your own reading. Don't believe what the marketer, don't believe the person that's making money off of it tells you. Don't believe them. You have to literally read and 
Forget the nutritional label. We don't care about the nutritional label. We don't care about calories. We don't even care about the amount of fat, sugar, or sodium per se. What we care about is the ingredients. Read the ingredients. Definitely. If, if, if you can't recognize any of the words in the, in the ingredients, then you need to put it back. You're not a chemist. You should not be guessing about what's going in your body. Second rule for the ingredients. If it's a ton of sugar, if sugar is in the first five ingredients, it is loaded with sugar. Also, be mindful of the different names of sugar. Let's name a few. Brown rice syrup. Uh, maple syrup. Uh, date syrup. Honey. Sugar. <laughs> Organic cane sugar. Oh, that's a good one. Um, malt. Oh, malt. Anything malt. Caramel. Uh, and, and flavorants. High fructose corn syrup or corn syrup. Because have you ever seen corn syrup listed on there and then right next to corn syrup is high fructose corn syrup? Yes, I and have. And then right next to that is um, maple syrup. And then right next to maple syrup, it's another type. And so all that means is this is what they do. Because they know people are getting smarter and smarter when it comes to reading labels. People now know that if you have something listed first, then that's the, the heaviest thing in there is usually what they have in there the most. So they'll break the sugar up so that they don't have to list it as the first ingredients. But if you add up cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup, malt, and all these different things, it would be the first ingredient, and they don't want that. So they do use different types of sugar to confuse you. Yeah, and anything that ends in O-S-E is a sugar. Sucralose. Glucose. Glucose. Fructose. All those are sugars. So dextrose. So be very, very careful. Sugar is a absolute necessity for our bodies. I think there's like seven essential sugars. But it, it your body produces a lot of them and you get them naturally from whole plant-based foods. They should not be physically added to your food. The more you consume sugar, the more you crave sugar. So it's one of those addictions that you have to go, you have to rough it for a minute if you are addicted to sugar and you have to just get off of sugar for you uh, for you to stop craving it. It's one of those things, there's no easy way out. It's really not. You just have to literally decide that sugar is not good for you and that I'm going to give it up. I don't want it in my diet. It's not healthy for me. I got to find better options. And then the less you consume it, the less you will be, begin to, cra- the less you'll crave it. Yes. And that's just how it works. Totally true. And you know what's the worst? It's what? when the marketers get you at a very, very unsuspecting place. Like how they have the chocolates next to the counter at, at, at Macy's or JCPenney's at the department stores. They have, you know, the fancy chocolates right there. You in there shopping for a wedding outfit, you know, and you weren't even thinking about eating. You right. weren't even thinking about sweets. It's not like the grocery store where you're just like half food on the mind. Here I am shopping for a new pair of tennis shoes. And, oh, you got some, some chocolate. That I'll take one of these. Also, it can, it doesn't even have to be a chocolate, something fancy. Sometimes you're just shopping like at a low-end store. Maybe you're at TJ Maxx. Yes. They'll have like Sour Patch Kids right at the register. Yeah. Like. And you weren't thinking about them. But that's one of the most brilliant things that marketers do. Right. Just put it in eyes reach right when they're about to pay. Yeah. And, you know. Oh, 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 don't forget this. Don't forget this. Um, The final thing I want to talk about with regard to marketing and branding is pricing okay you know the 10 for 10s the two for fours the two for fives and the end aisle the the so whatever's on sale if you notice in the in the grocery store 
let's say Lay's potato chips are on sale this weekend. There's the big bag and they're two for four. They'll put them right on the end aisles, right on the mm-hmm. caps. You know, yeah, know, you know how much companies about. pay for that? Wow. Like yeah, I never thought about how much they pay, but I do know that that's where they put the sales. Yeah, that's where they put the sales. And you ever seen like the Pepsi or the Coca Cola guy in the store setting up the display? Yes, like, I have. Maybe around Super Bowl or something like that, and they're putting it right on the end. It's going to be on sale that week. You know, those are all marketing skin. Anything on the end of the aisle, you've never seen kale or tomatoes or brown rice at the end. Ever, of the, and you never will. And you never will. You've never seen it in the at the end of that aisle, that aisle cap. You know, those are specifically designated for big brand items that are spending millions of dollars to get you to pick up something that you never even knew you wanted. Right. And let's real quick talk about the food coloring in food. So let's talk about M&M's, the blue M&M's, the red Skittles. Let's talk about the blue juices that I see sometimes in kids' lunches. Mm -hmm. All these different colors are not real food. Yes, we already know the M&Ms are bad. Got it. We know that. Cause we're, but people aren't really understanding that it's more than just chocolate that you're eating. Yes. It's not even real chocolate. But let's just pretend for a second that it is. Now you have this chocolate dipped in all of these different colored dyes. All of these different colored dyes. And just an FYI, some of these things that you see your... Um, that you consume, they have to fight for you to eat this. And I don't mean in a good way. There have been battles between people that's trying to protect your health and the people that just want to make a dime. In courts, like this causes cancer. I want it off the shelf. And then they say, well, if you eat it in small doses, then it shouldn't cause cancer. And then the people that have done the research say, well, it caused cancer in, in these lab rats. Well, they don't eat as much as the lab rats. So just know that it didn't, it did not go down without a fight. Yep. So anything that they had to battle for for me to eat it so that they can make some money, I don't want it. That's no right. No one ever had to battle for kale to be in my body, nope. or had to battle for pineapples to be in my body. If you, if they tested this and they say, hey, this causes cancer, I don't think that people should consume this. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of different items that you see that's blue, red, and all these different low fat things. There's a lot of items in there that had they had to pull a lot of strings to put those on your shelf. They do. And all these big companies, Pepsi and Kellogg's, they have uh th- hundreds and thousands of lobbyists that are in Washington DC fighting Congress, paying off these politicians and these senators to, you know, have their right to continue to put these things yeah. on the shelf. And they fight even super hard about what they um, have to or, or have not to put on the label itself. Oh, I know. Like what they have to warning. And, and they have actually lost and went back into court like, oh, no, spent more money and ended up winning. Yes. Um, and um, just and there and there's a lot of food activists out there like the food babe. Mm-hmm. She's really popular and known for being a food activist. And mm-hmm. one of the way she got on the map and got national recognition is when she went toe to toe with Kraft about the yellow food coloring in their macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Because she discovered that they weren't putting that yellow food coloring in their macaroni and cheese over in Europe. But they were putting it in ours in the U.S. because there was no regulations or anything. And she's like, you guys know that this food coloring is toxic because the U.K. has banned it. Right. So the only reason you still use it here in the U.S. is because we haven't banned it. Right. But you're not putting up a fight over there. And there's a ton of products that are like that. Can you rattle off a few? Because I can. Like, um, especially for people always think candy is for kids. Like the the Swedish fish, the M&M's, the Skittles, Sour Patch Kids, the Blue Pop. All those things with colors 
that are that that doesn't represent anything like nothing is that red nothing is that blue nothing is that yellow it's unnatural it's super un- that's what stresses me out like about gatorades and stuff too like what's blue what's like what what is that what in nature that you can consume grows blue nothing yeah not even blueberries oh and just just for you guys out there they also that's another thing blueberry cereal you automatically think oh blueberry it's healthy most of them don't even have blueberries in it yes you have <laughs> to read like they are able i don't even know why it's to legal the color and yeah know. or even to put the word blueberry or raspberry or it tastes like blueberry berry so it's blueberry flavoring mm-hmm. so they can put this on the label made by chemicals yeah yeah strictly man-made so you have to be careful guys these these big companies they are for profit they do not have your best interest at heart. At all. The only reason they make a Greek yogurt or gluten-free yogurt is because that's trending. And right. when that's no longer trending, they're no longer going to invest in putting it on the shelf. They're going to jump to the next thing that you have decided is healthy. Yeah, just like uh, Sean said, food is, people have to stop looking at food as food and start looking at Food as information that's going inside of your body that's expressing there is it's either expressing a gene or it's making a gene dormant right. basically it's either making you healthy or making you more sick there's no in between there's no in between we tell people all the time every single time you eat something you're either aiding in disease or aiding in health like either way you, you, either way. you every single thing you eat does one or the other there's in no in between there's no neutral so don't listen to what the brands are telling you. I don't care about logos or sayings or something being nostalgic or this being the way you've always done something. Mm-hmm. Your health is all you have and you have to make it on a priority on a regular and consistent basis, even when you eat bad. For example, I tell my clients, you love cookies. Mm-hmm. Don't go get a pack of Oreos or Nabisco's that's, that's pumped full of preservatives so they can sit at the, on the shelf longer than you will be alive. Go to the bakery get and cookie. get a cookie right? that was baked with fresh ingredients that comes from the earth, to, you know, and was baked this morning. Yeah. You know, if you even when you eat bad, you can eat good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And with, on that note, when you go to the bakery and you get that one cookie... Nobody's going to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bakery. Right. Even if it was open, you're not going to... The chances of you going to the bakery versus your cabinets is slim to none. So get one cookie to play it safe. Don't get a 20 cookies for a dollar and think that you're not going to keep eating it. Yes, absolutely. Don't trust yourself. And even better than going to a bakery or going to a restaurant and getting um, that fresh food is making it yourself. Yeah, definitely. You know, making it yourself. Go buy the flour and the almond milk and the <laughs> and the vegan eggs right. or, or the eggs. Very free. Uh, was it? How is it? Cacao? How do you... Yeah, cacao is cacao and it's cocoa. Those are two different things, and cacao is better for you. Okay. But go buy those things and make them yourself. We have to stop eating lazily. We, sure. we have to stop eating lazily. Like what you put in your body, there's no going back from that. You, it's not reversible. Yeah, and I was like doing a visual because that's what we love to do. <laughs> I was doing a visual and I was just imagining index cards, right? So imagine if you had five index cards. One said your house. One said your kids. One said your your whole wardrobe. One said your job and one said your health. Right. And someone was to say, OK, you got five index cards. I'm going to take these things away from you one by one. What do you want to give up first? 
job or whatever house or whatever. I know the last two that is going to come down to will always be your health and your family. No one's going to pick their wardrobe. No one's going to pick Kellogg's cereal. No one's going to pick those delicious donuts. So when you think about what you eat, always think about those carbs. If you had to give up anything, it won't be your health. So act like it. That's what you want. You have to work for it. Love it. Love it, love it. Finally, let's bridge the gap for him, Jay. All right. Bridging the Gap is our segment where we make the direct correlation between today's stop topic and your business or company as an entrepreneur or your professional career as a nine-to-fiver. Marketing and branding in your company as an entrepreneur is so important. I can't tell you, and I'm just going to speak from a personal standpoint with professionally fit. I make a conscious choice every single day, every time we do an advertisement, anytime we do a post, anytime we're launching a new product or service, I make a a choice, a conscious choice not to be gimmicky and not to... And not to try and sell something based on what the people want to hear, but instead to promote and advertise the product or service based on what it's genuinely providing um, and being honest in how long it'll take, honest in how much work is required of the end user, right? I never make people feel like this weight loss thing or this getting healthy thing is not going to take work from them. Every single person on our first consultation call, I tell them, Hiring me is not enough. Joining Professionally Fit is not enough. You have to have truth in advertising as a entrepreneur. It may take you longer. You may generate less leads in the beginning, but eventually your work will speak for itself. Because just like Pop-Tarts, right? They're eventually going to speak for themselves. Just like, just like cookies and donuts. Like you'll know, oh, my stomach can't handle this dairy anymore like it used to. It might have been two for four. The marketer might have tell you that it's a great source of protein and it's great for your bones. But after a while, if you eat that yogurt every day and you're developing all this mucus and you're having all these um, indigestion issues, the yogurt is going to speak for itself, regardless of what the person selling it told you. Not necessarily. It's going to speak for itself. However, knowing what the source is, you have to be a real kind. I know, I know, I know you're using an analogy right now, but you have to be a real, you have to be real conscious about your body and the direct relation it has to your diet to understand that that was yogurt in the first place. So if you're speaking on, no, it's gonna speak for itself whether or not you know it. It's a different yeah, story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you yeah, knowing yeah. Knowing it what what the source is. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but once you get help and get educated, and, oh, I have a dairy intolerance. Yeah, but it's speaking for itself regardless. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's speaking for itself. So it's the same thing and business like you're I don't care about um, a competitor of yours or for example in the health and wellness space a competitor of mine always advertising small waist big behind small waist big behind yeah which you could easily do which I could easily do right I could easily post pictures like that I could easily post you know client testimonies and before and afters and and advertise that get your body tight i can call myself the waist snatcher like summer, you could you could get really gimmicky but from the start you said you wasn't going to do that right from the start i said i wasn't going to do that and it means so much to me it's just, it just helps me sleep at night to know that i'm honest with people about how much work is required and exactly what i'm bringing to the table exactly what they have to bring to the table and the final thing i'll say about uh truth and marketing with regard to entrepreneurship is your pricing your pricing you cannot charge people based on what you think they can afford 
One of my clients is a millionaire and I still charge her the same amount that I charge another client that has three kids and is working a nine to five. Like you have to be honest in your business. It's going to come back to you. And it's much easier to perform because I don't have to jump around and remember, wait, did I tell her this or did I tell her that? Right. You know, it's all about, it's a, a, across the board. Everybody gets the exact same honest offer. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's really important in business that the way you present yourself on the front end is exactly what somebody is going to see and get on the back end when the lights are off and the doors are shut. You know, I'm realistic with people about how long their goals are going to take. I can easily tell people, oh, you want to drop, uh, we can drop 10 pounds in 30 days. Yeah, that's doable. That's doable. But they only want to train with me once a week and they're not working out on their own. That's not going to happen. No, not at all. But I could close the deal that day and tell them what I, what they want to hear, but I won't. I got to be honest with you. That's realistically going to take this many weeks and this amount of effort from you. And it's going to take for you to drastically change your diet, mm-hmm. right? That's going to scare the heck out of people. But it's truth in advertising. So in your business, guys, you have to be completely honest because at the end of the day, your work, your product, your services will speak for themselves and you won't be in business long. At your nine to five, truth in advertising is also, also something that I heavily suggest because a lot of times people will get into an interview, right? And you can call that advertising. You're going, you're pretty much selling yourself. Hire me, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on time. I'll work any shift. I'll, I'll clean the bathrooms if you need me to. I know that's not under my job description. I'm, I mean, you, you, you're everything. You're amazing. You're lucky to have me on board if you take me. And then what happens? You're late. You're always tired, come in smelling like weed, smoke. Um, You can't find a babysitter for your kids. Another day you got to call off. You're nothing like you advertise. Nothing. And that speaks on when we were talking um, about one of the people at Avalon Bakery before said that they didn't, they told you the completely the wrong thing. Like they said, dairy was all the stuff and dairy wasn't in any of it. Right. You didn't even bother to be the person that you said you were going to be during that interview. You didn't say when you got hired, you wouldn't even bother to know your products. You didn't say when you got hired, you wouldn't care because you're going to get a check anyway. Like false advertising is false advertising. Be the person, be the uh, employee or be the boss. You said you, some people have gotten promoted. Got, they're a supervisor, they're a boss, they're a manager now, yep. and they're not running it the way they did when they were trying to be promoted. Yes. You, you, false advertising. Yes. Be who you say you are. I don't understand how people can come and just be exactly who they said they weren't. Like, yeah, I'm never, I'm never late. You always late. <laughs> you are. <always laughs> get them. You always, I don't even know, especially as you get older. You know, some people are like in their 30s. You've been working. You've been in this work game for a minute. And you still can't show up on time. You still calling off all the time. You still don't have your work ethics. You still doing the same thing you probably did when you got in the workforce. You still had in the bathroom when they handing out assignments. You still. <laughs> really? Trying to find the easiest assignment. Everybody know Jay is installed number two. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. Knocked out. All right. All right, right. I'll be right back. Like, come on. Have, at, at some point, at some point, you should have integrity in everything. That's the big you. word. I don't care if you're a boss. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur. I don't care if you're the lowest on the totem pole. Have integrity and pride in everything you do. 
Yes. I remember getting fired in my... That's embarrassing. Yep. Now, being fired at almost 40, that's real embarrassing. Yes. You know, so earn your spot. Don't don't just work for your check knowing you're going to get it anyway. I mean, be a value to wherever you are. Mm-hmm. 100%. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, as always, you can catch this episode and future episodes at www.professionallyfit.co. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for Professionally Fit. We post a new episode every single Monday, a new blog post every single Friday, and we look forward to seeing you right back here. Please, please, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Professionally Fit. Leave us a comment. We'll love to know what you thought about this episode and, you know, give us some feedback and let us know what you want us to talk about. We can, you know, bring some topics to the show. What do you need to learn about with regard to health, with regard to weight loss and with regard to entrepreneurship and business? As always, till next time, be well. Peace.